Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sandal Lanch. I am Dak. With me, as always, is... Data. Joe. And Jamie. So this week, we are doing Shadows of Self, uh, Mistborn Era 2, Book 2. We are doing chapters 20 through to 23. In these chapters, quite action-packed, so... As we suspected, Wax finds uh, he he meets the dog in the darkness. So uh, uh, Tensoon is just as grouchy and lovable as we remember, which is great. <laughs> so they they hang out, they go through, they find like r- the ripped up books that uh, Bleeder has just graffitied all over the place, and then they encounter some of Bleeder's monsters that she's created somehow. As as this is all going on, they. Like Tensoon's talking about how the Kandra are moving among the humans up up top, and Wayne sees firsthand the Kandra are trying to calm down the riots and stop them from going from getting any worse. But Bleeder's agents uh, use that weird Kandra Melty syringe to uncover their ruse, and so the people just are inflamed even more. And then, as they're going about, they realize that the go- the governor was taken and turned and is actually be- bleeder the whole time and has been for some time apparently so that just throws an entire wrinkle to their plans and then sadly bleeder gets away and leaves the governor's bones behind so the chase is on i think that about covers it get ready everyone the sand lance is about to begin does anyone really know the mind of the bat wherever you're going whatever you do a man in the dark keeping watch over you So poison the ivy with your crocodile tears We're climbing the vines to the heart of your fears Can you tell me has something changed? The rewards are zero cause I ain't no hero Do you know it when you go strange? Is your taunting true? Am I as crazy as you? Check my head, I guess the joke's on me so yeah, we got some very action-packed sort of stuff after a couple of a couple of episodes of us being like, "When's the Sander Lanch going to start?" We we're still kind of in the in the setup, and we're getting close to the end. So here we go. It's, I mean, uh, you were you were saying, "Oh, we've only got two episodes left," and I was like, "Well, it's going to start fairly soon then." <laughs> and it did start fairly soon. So yeah, what did you guys think of these four chapters? These were fun. Yeah, good to see Ten soon again because he's always just a lot of fun. Like, I, I particularly loved how he's just like, a, oh, yeah, those fucking stuffed toys. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so really good to see him. I, f- I feel like his his section is like kind of overtaken by those monsters they were fighting, which I'm just like, what the fuck's going on now? This is just out of nowhere. So it, I don't know, it seemed a, a little less organic than Marsh's cameo in the last book because it's like uh, Tensoon shows up, does a couple of things, things and then it's like a go human save yourself and like i'm sure he's fine but it was just kind of well that was you know a very abrupt little appearance by him but it, it was cool uh, I, th- I think jamie and i called the governor last time so that was cool vindication there yeah no like like plenty plenty of good stuff here i think like to be frank i think i'm not quite enjoying this book as much as i enjoyed alloy of law I was saying I was saying before the episode started, it's like I don't really remember a lot of what happened in the early part of the book, and I had to flick back and find out. Because I was like, where, where do we go again? Because I completely forgot about going to visit Grandma in the village, and and all that sort of thing. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think the pacing of this book might be a bit disjointed, but that could just be me. The events are still fine. Like they're like it's like event wise, it's been a really fun book, but I just feel a bit worn out, I guess, by it. I don't know. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I feel you. Yeah. Uh, it's 
it's funny that uh, yeah, you and Jamie both talked about the governor uh, possibly being conjured last time, but Jamie called relatively early on. She's like, I think maybe the governor is already a conjurer. So she, oh, really? uh, yeah, she kind of that was that was the episode where Joe first put forth his theory about the conjurer too, and we were like, oh, let's see who's gonna be right about who's gonna win secret conjurer this time. <laughs> and so uh, Jamie, yeah, we could well. we could but still uh, we could still my mine works still. I think you, I could still be right. What was yours again? That it's uh that the conjurer is Lessie. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm. And it's funny because there, there was a mention in the Discord after that episode where somebody's like, well, I mean, in theory, they could both be right, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, we've already seen this particular conjurer take on several different faces, so it's very possible. Yep. Yeah, these chapters were 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 good. It all it all kind of went bang 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 bang, which is which is good. But it kind of jumbled up my brain as to what was happening when. I would say that the Tencent stuff was good. Uh, whenever I think about these weird creatures, I it just makes me think of Blade Two with the weird uh, vampire yeah. vampire hybrid things. The split chin things. Yeah, that's what that's what I think of when I when they describe these creatures that are fighting them. That's that's just the picture that I get. But anyway, uh, good interesting stuff. Wax puts it together with the help of Wayne with the leftover chewing gum. I, I really like that. I thought that was a nice touch. That was cool. And then, uh, and then there's a lot of pressure on Marisai here at the at the end of the section that we read. So pressure's on, I guess, to make a good speech. Yeah, who, save who the city. The, no big yeah, sa- save the city with a speech. Who'd have thought that would be the the climactic moment in the in the book? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah interested to see the end but yeah i i maintain my theory could still be correct even even though we know that the contra was the mayor the, the contra has been many people so uh, but yeah no the contra there, yeah there's all sorts of possibilities you never know contra could be everybody wayne That's might true. be the contra uh, i might be locked contra. in a closet who knows yeah you might be <laughs> joe, the contra joe is candra yeah i am contra oh it's like every everyone's gonna come back it's like oh my god i thought you were dead it turns out it was actually kandra fucking granite joe coming back yeah i like how i do like how and, and we could say this for when we get into it but i like how when Tenson changes into like the other creature to fight they specifically mention he doesn't have genitals i'm like okay cool <laughs> yeah, it's like is that really important wax <laughs> <laughs> to wax it was <laughs> yeah i mean i always like when the sandalanch kicks off uh in the book I enjoy the fast pace of things coming together. And yeah, we really were getting to a point where it's like it has to start like now. Tensoon, I'm glad that we got to see him. Those monsters just sort of creeped me out a bit. And the the book pages, as they were going through them, I was like, mm, I don't know. I feel like you're being led astray here. And then, yeah, it was just really keeping wax away, I guess. But I was pretty pleased when that resolution came out about the governor, but I'd actually forgotten that I had called the governor as a candra earlier because last week I was saying that maybe he's a candra but not the leader or something. Like, I don't know what I was on about last week, something else, but I wasn't quite there. But I was like, yes, at least we, we were on to it. Like, he was he's dodgy. So that, that sort of made me a bit happy. I, like, I do have some idea what's going on in the book. Yeah, but good fun. I always love this part of the book. It's great to have things happen in, in rapid succession and you know, keen to see where it goes next. But yeah, it's it, it, it was funny when you uh, early on said the governor and then we get the scene where it's like 
the bleeder goes into the room and there's a gunshot and the gov- you find the governor like standing over his dead friend or whatever. And it all happens so fast that it, I think it really does a good job of making you be like, if you had suspicions that the governor was bleeder, you're like, oh, well, obviously that couldn't be. And then right here it gets explained so quickly that you're like, oh, no, actually that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, very clever. Okay. I guess let's get into these four chapters. And there's only there's only three chapters and an epilogue left, so we're right up at the end here. So yes, we if you, if you remember, we ended last time with Wax opening the secret door and a voice in the darkness being like, "I've been waiting for you." And so Wax, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I imagine in this moment he turns around and Ten Sun's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and so he pulls out his gun and just like shoots it to use the light to see what's going on. Even though he has that lantern in his hand, it's just not lit yet. And uh, I, I like the note that once he once he see, gets sight with the flashes of whatever this is crouched down, he points the gun at it. But he doesn't pull the trigger because you don't shoot something just for talking to you. And uh, Chen Soon, who we find out shortly it is, is like, man, you're a jumpy one. And he tells him to light your lantern, human. Lock the door. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm a jumpy because like, I don't normally encounter talking dogs. Right. <laughs> well, he didn't even know it was a talking dog at first when he got all jumpy. It's true. He just it was a weird voice in the darkness. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, if you're in the middle of a dark cave and you hear a voice growl, I've been waiting for you. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that'd make anybody jumpy. That's 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 some uh some dark soul shit. Yeah, that's some spook type stuff right there. <laughs> oh, I know why you're sad. That would have been if he'd said that. Uh, yeah, if you'd have said that, I would have like <laughs> burned my phone for uh, for lieu of an actual book to burn. Uh, and that's that's how Joe exits the podcast. So he he finds out that this is a wolfhound, the largest he's ever seen. He's like, oh hey, I've read about you, and the and Tencent's like thrilling. I'm so happy. Says included me in his little book so that drunk people can curse by my name. <laughs> and he goes, so, they they do that. <laughs> I, I misread I misread that originally and and thought he said like so drunk people can curse my name. I was like, what, did Says turn you into the villain or something? Oh, that would be sad, yeah. Yeah. They're drunk and they're like, Damn you, ten soon. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't be drunk. What did Ted Soon do? And then I realized I'd missed a word and gone, Oh. So the drunk people are just like they're getting into a bar fight, one guy gets decked in the face, he goes, Ah, ten soon's sake. <laughs> and i like wax is like wait they, they do and uh so he's never heard this particular practice i guess and tenzin's like yeah there's also stuffed toys oh yeah suny cubs i've seen those and tenzin obviously is not happy about that and uh wax is thinking i don't know many legends about this creature uh or how many of the legends about this creature are true but if it's even a percentage then uh, i probably shouldn't fuck with him so that's interesting apparently there's like not just a little info out there. He doesn't just know who Tensun is. He's like, there's lots of legends about him. And so he says that the other Kondra are out in the city trying to counteract Bleeder. They can't really fight her. They're not that good at looking for her. But while uh, she's out there trying to spark revolution with skills she learned from the Lord Ruler himself, they're trying to do the opposite. For every priest she has committed an atrocity, we have dozens out preaching temperance and peace. And Wax is like, oh, yeah, no, that's a good idea. And as they're walking through, he sees down one of the paths a little hut. And he's like, wait, is that 
and Tenzin says, yeah, like that that's the basement of Krennic Shaw, the Lord Ruler's Palace over there. A bunch of people were hidden there, and so it got moved also. Which is funny because like the actual cache was like in the secret passage that's in that hut. So I guess there was a bunch of people hiding down in the cache, and then there was more people just in the basement not knowing the cache was there. And uh, Wax Notes, which I hadn't even thought about, he's like, wait, the Well of Ascension itself is down there. And who knows if it still has any sort of power, but it's like, oh, hey, yeah, that's true. That would be right there, wouldn't it? Presumably, where Sazed keeps can... his body. <laughs> I was going to say, presumably, like, people can still travel in and out of it. Mm. Portal pool. <laughs> Maybe. Unless, like, in taking up the the shards, like, their two perpendicularities disappeared and he created, like, his own somewhere else. Who knows? I guess that makes sense. <laughs> well, of ascension, now it's just a hole in the ground. <laughs> and so uh, he's like, uh, Tenson's like, hey, when I was walking through here, I smelled something weird. Uh, come on, I want you to check it out. And he mentions how the younger generation doesn't really want to visit even this place because uh, their lives now are better. They don't want to remember the past. And he's like, I guess I don't want to remember it either, but for different reasons. And so he, they find uh, they go into the room that it, it it wasn't until Wax points out what it is that I realized. But they go into the room that was like the Conjure prison back in the old days the, with just a bunch of like holes in the ground that had like metal grates over them once upon a time. And in one of the pits is just a bunch of pieces of paper, a very old vert copy of the words of founding so old that it was handwritten and Bleeder has scrawled all over him and ripped it apart, writing things like lies, 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 or I was there, or nobody, or it was. <laughs> all right. I was there, Gandalf. I was there 3,000 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and Wax is like, so what'd you make of this? And Tenson's like, I didn't really stay around long. I don't really like this room. And that's when Wax realizes, oh, this is the place where they locked him up waiting to be executed. It's like, he's like, yeah, this is not my favorite room in the homeland. <laughs> Man, you're like, you're like a thousand years old and you're in that pit for like seven months. Yeah. That's, like, that's nothing. I mean, it feels like an eternity when you're in there, I'm sure. The times yeah, you're yeah. imprisoned probably stick out in your memory. That's fair. I'm being an ass. I apologize. And then he's he's like, wait a second, you like you knew then, right? What was she like? And we find out that uh, so what happens? Well, he's like, yeah, we spent uh, time without our spikes, like over an hour. And that caused my memory to degrade. But it was mostly from like the newest memories, the ones right around when that happened. <laughs> so, so he lost all his memories of Sazed. So really, I mean, we we were like, oh, they're all dead. And apparently it's like, no, you just you put the spikes back in and they're like, oh, hey, it's fine. I just lost a little memory. And he has a very, a very sweet thing about when he asks, like, what was Vin like as a person? And Tenson says that she poured everything into whatever she was doing. When she fought, she was the blade. When she loved, she was the kiss. Far more human than any that I have known. Which, that's nice. That's a really sweet little... I, I love that speech. Yeah. Sure. Plus, you know, Tenson's not super verbose, so... Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty nice thing for him to say. Yep. And it just brings you back to, like, the sadness that we had in that last book that it was like, oh, he never got to see her mm. again. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, you know, she was, like, the only human that was super, super nice to him, so. Yeah, he never liked any many humans except her. 
It's like she she was the only one that was interested in him for him, not just what he could do for her. Mm-hmm. And so Wax is looking through all these sheets, and he's like, "This is like this is too much. This is like something out of a book where like." The, the the crazy villain rips a bunch of pages and leaves a secret message hidden among them that you have to rearrange them to find out or whatever. Like, this is not the kind of thing that she does. Her motives may be insane, but her methods have been careful and deliberate and focused. When someone leaves something like this behind, it means one of two things. They're sloppy or they're trying too hard. I know she's not sloppy, and I don't think she's trying to be cute either. When I talk to her and he's like, wait, wait, you talk to her? When? And he's intense. was like, OK, but she was like speaking to you as herself, not as like an imitation of somebody else, because I've known her a long time and she doesn't do that. Like she's always in character, basically. I used to be like that, too, which we, t- we kind of talked about that like way back in the second book, where it was like part of his grumpiness of being a dog was that he had to have his own personality for the first time ever instead of impersonating someone else. So what you're saying is they could def- they could uh, get change Bleeder's mind if she took a dog's bones. <laughs> she needs to turn into a dog. You need to be nice to her. Puppies solve everything. Yep, there you go. I do like puppies. They are pretty great. Yep, they're delicious too. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. I've never eaten a dog that I know of. <laughs> so, Palm was the Lord Ruler's pet conjurer. She ignored the events surrounding the end of the world of Ash, vanished, didn't come back to the homeland. We all thought she was dead until she popped up among the survivors. And uh, I like Tenzin's like, she betrayed everything we are, but then so did I. So maybe we're a pair, she and I, two of the oldest monsters remaining on the planet, now that many of the seconds have taken the escape of ending their own lives. So the seconds mostly killed themselves, apparently. I mean, most of them were kind of dicks, so... I yeah, don't, I don't, no, I don't no real loss it. there. <laughs> yeah, those guys can go ahead and be dead. I'm cool with that. Well, and there weren't a lot of them in the first place. If I don't remember the exact number, but I feel like it was like ten or twelve. Like they, it was, there yeah, was, was that old? Yeah, I remember there not being very many because there weren't many firsts, and so I feel like I feel like the general idea they gave us is that each successive generation had more. Yeah, bigger. Yeah, I think that that seems right. Okay, what were we saying, Jamie? <laughs> that was so 30 seconds ago. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was trying to find if I could see how many of the second generation there were on the wiki, but I'm not really seeing it. So I just oh, heard there, were, there weren't a lot. Yeah. So he mentions that, like, oh, yeah, since most of the seconds have killed themselves, doesn't say anything about the first. So I guess the firsts are all just gone anyway. Yeah, I don't know. The first were already, like, weird and old when we met them, so who knows? Mm. Um, My guess is they're probably, maybe one or two of them are still around. I feel like they were more on board with Tensoon and Spades than the seconds were. Yeah. I feel like the seconds were like, this is how it's going to be? All right, bye. I'm I'm kind of wondering if the first even came back from what happened at the end where they removed their spikes. Because they were... They were kind of different from the other ones in like uh, in the way yeah. that they looked and were because they were originally, you know, terrorist people. Yeah, they were humans at one point. Kind of looked like the swamp thing, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they were like green and mossy, trippy. droopy. Yeah. Human horn. <laughs> I, don't I don't know why that popped in my head, but it did. <laughs> oh, geez. I was out with a couple of friends last night. We just went to the pub and we're hanging out. And at one point I said something, I can't remember what it was, but it was a Futurama joke. 
And one of the other guys at the table just started pissing himself and said, a Futurama reference? And I'm like, do you even know me? <laughs> do you not know who I am? Do you even Futurama? Yeah. Uh, I was just, I was, somebody earlier was talking about, oh, it was about the Dresden Files. There's in the, in the most recent Dresden Files book, there's a moment where Harry, Harry is talking to Butters and he's like, boot to the head, telling him to like kick somebody in the head. But Butters is such oh, a yeah. nerd that he just immediately assumes that it's, he's making a pop culture reference to this song called boot to the head. Where So Harry's like, boot to the head. And Butters is like, nah, nah. And Harry's like, boot to the head. And Butters is like, nah, nah. Cause that's the, how the song goes. And, uh, I was just like, they're so deep into like this nerddom that it's like in the middle of this very serious situation, he just assumes that the other guy is making a random pop culture reference and can't well, I mean, help but like echo back. That's a fair assumption because Harry does that all the time. It's true, but uh, but also I had like when I read the bit, it's like I've got no idea what the hell they're talking about because I don't know the song. No, yeah, I didn't know the song either. But uh, I was it was some like one of the discords I'm in. People were talking about it and they're like, that's that's ridiculous. And I'm just like, no, because if I if it was me and somebody threw out mm-hmm. like half of a Futurama quote, I would probably come back and finish it first thing without even thinking that it sure. might, might mean something else. So, no, I get it. I get where they're yeah. coming from. Yeah. Like if somebody said balls thoroughly, I would have to say licked. <laughs> I was thinking like. I'll, I'll make my own theme park with blackjack and hookers. Like, you know, yeah, just screw the whole hook. thing. In, in fact, forget the blackjack. Yeah. So you know, that's that's what happens when you, when you're that much of a nerd. I'm. It's just the way the way these things go. Um. So Wax finally concludes. He's like, wait, she's trying to bring down God himself. She's trying to bring down Harmony. And Tencent's like, okay, but that's crazy. And Wax is like, yeah, it is. But. Uh, speak to Harmony and find out something for me. Did Bleeder first leave because Harmony tried to control, take control of her, and that set her off? And Tensun like, takes a moment to talk to Harmony and says, yet yeah. Harmony says he didn't try to control her directly, but did push her very hard to do something she didn't want to do. Just imagining that um, Tensun's gone, uh, Harmony, did you? And says, like, I heard him. <laughs> yeah, I heard him. <laughs> I am everywhere. And so... I guess this it, it waxes theory is that this set her off, like having Harmony forcing her to do things that she didn't want to do. So now she's seeing everyone as Harmony's puppets and Harmony's controlling everything. And so she's trying to break his control to get everyone out from under his thumb, basically, which does jive with everything that she said about freeing people and whatever else we've someone heard from else her. Someone moves us. Yep. Someone else moves us. I, I did have to laugh like, as well. And it's like, oh, she, um, you know, she wants to take down God. And Tensoon's like, that's crazy. I'm like, Tensoon, you have been there for two gods that have been toppled already this series. Mm, good point. Hadn't thought of that. Yep. I mean, three, if you count preservation, just dying in the wind. Yeah. And he's like, wait a second. But she she knows she let us here on purpose and she knows what you're doing. And she's planned for that. So she's going to bring down those Chondra that you have out in the city. And that's when we cut to Wayne, who is standing between two bonfires in the middle of this crowd. Lights his cigar off one of the bonfires. Weed flex, but okay. Right. And so there's a guy standing up shouting about how, you know, the, the rich are robbing us blind and they expect us to work all these long hours. And then they leave us to starve. They don't care about us. Would the survivor have stood for this? 
And Wayne's thinking, no, nah, probably not. And he's, he's sitting here thinking, like, yeah, okay, it's important what we're doing, bringing down a homicidal shapeshifter and, and, and everything. But, I mean, these people got a point. I'm kind of I, – I feel like I'm kind of on their side about some of this stuff. And that's when this priest gets up, and the priest is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic, but don't invoke the survivor's name for looting and destruction. Like, these aren't the days of the Lord Ruler. We have the ability to let our voices be heard, and – I'll help, like, I'll join you in this, but we need to do this the right way. The survivor said that we should smile, which that part's true. I I, I feel like if you really knew Kelsey or then being like, no, don't invoke his name for destruction and looting. It's like, well, uh, he probably would have been <laughs> all right with that. Yeah, but he did say you should smile. So that that part, at least, is fair. <laughs> smile while looting and, and destroying. Sure, why not? And uh, that's when he sees the guy who was yelling earlier, sneaking up behind the priest and raising his hand. He's going to he thinks he's going to try to kill him, like stab him or shoot him or something. But nope, he pokes him with a needle and all of a sudden the priest starts drooping and turns translucent. And the guy's like, look, see, the faceless immortals are serving the nobility. This is one of their minions. They want you to believe you're free. But it's all lies. And so that just turns the people, gets them even angrier. And then a woman sees Wayne and goes, hey, aren't you that guy from the roughs? <laughs> That's super convenient. Right. So weird to say. Like, just that, that yeah. guy from the roughs. That one guy. Hmm. And Wayne's like, oh, shit. And then the guy who's been yelling all this stuff is like, look, it's one of the constables. Get him. And the entire crowd turns to look at Wayne. And <laughs> thinking oh hell and then we get the entire or the rest of the story from the uh, the broadsheet about gentleman jack and this guy who's pulled a gun on him mm, yeah um, mustache guy yep pointy mustache guy who says that sure quite a mustache killed. oh yeah yeah we, we have the picture now it is it is a big old mustache it's like that's that's how you need to turn sideways to go through a door mustache <laughs> <laughs> And careful not to poke somebody's eye out when you're turning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this guy says, you killed my brother. And he has the weirdest, like, well, I mean, I'm sure I've killed lots of guys' brothers, but I would never kill someone just to leave their brother brotherless. I, like, what the? It's like the very yeah, idea. I don't know that anybody, I don't know that anybody thinks about that when killing somebody else. Oh, man, I bet that guy had a brother. Bummer. <laughs> The very thought of killing a man for the express purpose of leaving another man brotherless is highly repugnant to me. Well, yeah, no shit. What the fuck are you even talking about? Well, I don't think that's what he was being accused of. No, yeah. <laughs> you you killed my brother, and as you stood over his body, you laughed and said, hopefully your brother feels this loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you stood over my brother's body, and you thought... Good, now that guy has no brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. So I don't know if um, if you guys picked up on the product placement that happens here, but it's kind of funny. Oh, it's great. There's two product placements. And yep. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> the Gentleman Jack stories have product placement for Doxinar brand cigars and Chambly yep. 30, 328. And also whatever clothes he was wearing with like that tailor or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah from a finely woven shirt from the daughter of the owner of Giles and Giles on the corner of Canton Avenue and Tronchu Way. Tailors of exquisite and tasteful yeah, dress shirts. He, he he even gives the corner where they're at. Like it's yep. obviously a, it's an obviously a shameless ad. 
It's like, you can find them here. This is where I buy my clothes dressed like Gentleman Jack. I'm the best. And he just skips away going, sell out with me. Oh, yeah, sell out with me tonight. By how, the does this ter- how does this terrorist guy even like stand it? It's like, dude, product placement, really? <laughs> By the faceless, if I was going to die, I would do it drinking a fine Chambly Montreux 328. <laughs> oh, gosh. So uh, and he's like, who are the guy asked him, who are you? And he's like, Gentleman Jack, surely you've heard of me. And the guy's like, so you ain't that Waxillium Ladrian fellow? And that makes Jack angry. And he's just like, no. If uh, a drink for my friend, for I too would pull a gun on Waxillium Ladrian were I to meet him in person. <laughs> so, but why? Right, that's go- that's gonna happen at some point. It's gonna be you like. Think Gentleman Jack shows up in Bands of Morning <laughs> is like I'm here to take you down, Waxillium Ladrian. I th- I think Waxillium it would be hilarious. Ladrian, do you have a brother? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a brother. I, this is not a good fight. You know what? But you, I heard you got a sister, so I guess you know, you she'll go. be brotherless. Yep. <laughs> but I, I like I that's like not the idea. I'm feeling... <laughs> yeah, not not for that reason only, but that's a, that's just a side effect. I, I like the idea of like he shows up and like he's just some nameless goon in the crowd, and Wax just decks him. And as they're walking <laughs> away, Marisage goes, "Do you know who that was? No, that was Gentleman Jack." Huh? It's like who? See. This one, this this part and this story just makes me feel maybe as opposed to the one in the previous book where it was kind of like there was a, an assumption that some of you guys had that's like, oh, this is a fake thing, right? And I was like, I don't know, maybe it's real, though. And uh, this one feels fake to me because we know that the people in the city in uh, in Ellendale, that there's like this negative view of wax from some of the previous articles that we've seen. So it's mm-hmm. like maybe this is just perpetuating that. And on top of it, we got random product placement, which seems like a weird move for Jack b- from the previous things that we've read. So it's like, was this really just made up? And the, the newspaper specifically is adding in these things that like support what they're doing. Or is that Jack like actually being unusually savvy and going, oh, this will get me some money if I just throw in. It's like, man, I fucking mm. hate that wax guy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's true. He's gonna. He's like, oh, we gotta put it in the story. I can have my product placement. I can make some cash, and then also I can be hip and jive on the current pop culture. But yeah, while he was distracted, the Lord Mistborn's buttons were stolen. Not uh, my buttons. Not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> <laughs> so. He needs some tin, and the, the story ends with him pushing his way to the crowd through the crowd, and he's gonna grab the fake yeah buttons. I'm which eat are those buttons. The Lord Mistborn's clasps of wuzzing, because they're oh. counterfeit, so I can just use them. It's fun. Mm. Wow, what a what a ridiculous name for cufflinks. I'm assuming. <laughs> of course, like another another way to read the Gentleman Jack stories is like a is this what it's like in. Like, is this like Wayne's imagination of himself as um <laughs> as Jack wax his hand a whim and uh the and the girl is uh Renette? Cause like because Jack thinks that the girl is totally into him and the girl's like uh, oh my god. I don't know. I think she's kind of into him. She's mm. just a little more rough around the edges than he depicts her as. Based on the the the, the footnotes from Hand or Whim, it does seem like she kind of likes him. Okay. Uh. But I do like when you look at the actual broadsheet page, uh, you, you see the ad in the corner with like a bottle of wine and some cigars. Well, and yeah, Dachshund would feel to like have cigars named after him. 
Well, I guess the cigars are named after the town, and I guess the town is named after him. So. Oh, yeah, fair point. He'd probably like having a town named after him. Yeah. But it looks like Jack also wears, like, a mist coat, because you can see in the pictures, like, the, the tassels at the bottom. And I think, yeah, he probably, he also, I think he mentions it in the story. But. And it may just be the illustration, but he looks a lot older than I would have, was expecting him to look. Yeah, I agree. He, seem, he seems like an older guy here. But yeah, that's I, 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 I like this page. It doesn't it, it's got some fun, fun bits on it as far as these uh, these broadsheet pages go. Uh, so, yeah, Tensoon and Wax are running through the tunnels and Tensoon's going to tell Harmony to back everybody off. But Harmony says it may already be too late. And Tensoon, Tensoon says, well, we're Harmony's ears. That fits with the theme, right? Like she she did the tongue. She did the eyes. Now she's doing the ears. And he's like, but this is so pointless. You can't stop Harmony. Like a child throwing rocks at a mountain to try to move it. And Wax says, but she's not trying to kill him. She's trying to, like, free, quote, unquote, people from him. So emotion. Then liberate the co-loss by making them feel powerful emotions. And it, it gives an opening to break through another's control. And I like Wax is like, hey, that's what the old stories say. Good to know that that's actually true. And that's when there is a howl. And there's like, what the hell is that? And Tenson's like, I've never heard anything like that. And Wax goes, aren't you over a thousand years old? And Tenson's like, yeah, I mean, something like that. And so that's that doesn't bode well. Yeah. Frankenstein monsters. And so, yeah, there's uh, as they approach, Tenson's like they're waiting for us up there. They smell like men. And there's more howling. And he's like, wait, that's men. And so, yeah, there's uh, creepy heme allergic creations uh, that Palm has somehow created. She doesn't just kill. She ruins Tenson. And Tensoon goes and grabs some bones and transforms. And Wax is impressed by how fast it happened. He's like, it happened in a burst. The Just like the, the canine bones and skin and stuff just dropping. And this new set coming up. And so he's got arms and this big wrestler body. And, and just basically few... uh, Tensoon's awesome, which we already knew. Right. And so one of these things busts in. Face stretched, the face of stretched skin and muscle made Wax, reminded Wax of Coloss, but with forearms like hammers. So, I've got to ask, alright, she used hemology to create these things. How? That doesn't fit with anything we know of how hemology works. Nope. Mm, yeah. But she's got, she's got some sort of, I mean, hemology couldn't give Conjure uh, alimantic power for either, so. That's true. I guess. She's, she somehow developed some new approaches. Yeah. And I mean, you know, presumably she like she could like each of these things could only have one spike in them or else says could take them over. So. Right. Exactly. Mm, that's a good so she's point, too. Limited resources. Oh, sorry. The, the, the big thing that reminded Wax of Coloss with hammer arms, that's Tensun's new form. Right. Because there's the crotch lack genitals of either variety. <laughs> so does it does it go on after this? chapter or in a later book to name these things because they're pretty freaky sounding they are very weird sounding um no longer by no longer by people fingers yeah. too long joints bending the wrong way at the elbows and the knees and pure <sighs> black eyes god that sounds awful yeah no and so he shoots one and or he, he shoots rather and they don't run away from the sound so he unloads on the first of the creatures, aiming for the skull, and none of them drop. Their skulls have been thickened, specifically, I guess, uh, to prevent wax from shooting them in the head. 
So that part reminds me of like a Klingon. Like that's what I think of there. Like they have big, thick forehead skulls. Brow ridges. Yeah. And so Tensoon just wades in and like starts smashing them. He steps on one, crushing the skull against the rocks. And Wax starts shooting again, but now aiming for the eyes. And Tensoon's like, flee, human. Your modern weapons are useless. And Wax says, like hell they are, or thinks that, and pulls out his shotgun. <laughs> slaps the first creature across the face with the shotgun before he shoves it in his mouth and fires. Bits of it colored the wall as it fell <laughs> crashing. Oh, nasty. Yeah, so uh, real cool guy stuff. <laughs> and there's the whole thing about how Wax prefers handguns. He feels like they're like an extension of his will, like coin shots made manifest. The shotgun is not an extension of his will, but it did a good job of representing his rage. And so they're in here firing, or he's firing. Tensoon is uh, more physical. And I like Tensoon, once they're kind of getting away, he's like, I gotta ask Harmony if I failed him in killing this day. And Wax is like, I mean, what are you talking about? He uses me to kill people all the time. And Tensoon says, you are his ruin, and I am his preservation. Which is very offensive to Wax. He's like, really? Is that all I am? Harmony to Harmony? He's like, killer? I don't like that. <laughs> and so yeah, Tenson says, this is this was all done with one spike so that Harmony can't take control of them, but how could one spike change them this much? That level of hemorrhage is beyond my understanding. And so they're going to take another way out. Tenson says that there's a, a chamber that has kind of recently opened. And then we cut back to Wayne, who's now part of the gang chasing himself. And he's like, there he goes, boys. I saw that dirty Connor up there. Get You go that way. I'll go the other way. That's my favorite part where he's like, there he goes. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume that he stopped at some point and did a quick change with his power. But it's just so funny. It's I was I had I was just reminded of Blazing Saddles is like when the, the sheriff takes himself hostage and the town falls for it. <laughs> I think he's he's going to do it. Uh, what? But uh, he's out of Bendeloy now, which is not good. And so he's no more stopping time. Unless Wax has an extra vial, he often carries one. That's smart on Wax's part. And that's when, as he's approaching the governor's mansion, I think, isn't that what it says? Well, he puts some gum in his mouth, and then he hears a voice coming through the mists with an accent that's just slightly wrong, but in a profound way. And suddenly he knew who Bleeder was impersonating. So I don't know. What did you guys think when we when he hits that point? Did you have any ideas like who he had heard? No, not really. Mm. Yeah. I think we were about For me, I out. didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be the governor. I thought maybe it was going to be somebody close to the governor since he's at the mansion. But no, I didn't expect that. Right up until Wax realizes it, I didn't realize it. When he sees the gum on the window, so I was like, oh, never mind. It is the governor. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I knew because I was I was predicting it last week. I'm just like, yeah, all right, I think this is it. So we cut back to Wax and Tensoon, who are at this new entrance that is broken open. And Tensoon's like, okay, now we got to climb out of here. And before long, Wax realizes where they are. Tensoon's like that that fungus that lights stuff up is it has spread in here. And Tensoon says that Harmony made sure it made sure it got in here. He wanted to make certain no person was ever trapped in darkness in this place again. And that's when Wax realizes that they are in the pits of Hathsin, the place where the geodes containing Adium once grew. And so he's like, this is where the survivor got his arms all cut up. This is this is crazy. The climb's actually easier with these holes now, though. Considerably less scrapey. 
Yeah. And uh, Tenson's like, I can see why Palm would want me distracted, but what what happened down there? That that was specifically for you. Why is she trying to distract you, Wax? Which this has been the thing the whole the whole book almost is. In some way, this is personal to Wax, and it has it just keeps coming back to like Bleeder is focusing on Wax. Why? And he's still not sure. Mm, maybe my theory is right. Yeah, Joe's theory might explain it all right. But he ends this chapter thinking that Bleeder hasn't managed to kill the governor yet, but he thinks he knows why she wants to murder the governor with an audience. And that's the end of part two. And then he emerges from the hole in the ground and into the street and realizes, hey, this is the shop where Gentleman Jack buys his shirts. <laughs> No, he find he he gets back to the governor's mansion, finds Aridel supervising everything. So, judging from his sour expression, he was rather displeased with the governor's plan. And uh, he meets up with Marisai, and they exchange passwords. And she's kind of worried because she hasn't seen Wayne in a while. And Wax is like, "It's fine, he'll turn up." <laughs> and uh, she says she lets Wax know that she's found proof that the governor is corrupt. And Wax is like, "Okay, well let's let's make it through tonight, and then we'll do something about that." And Wax says, we'll hand him over to the courts, but not a mob. Have you checked on your sister? And he, she says, no, but I've been intending to. And he says, okay, you check on your sister. I'll look in on your father after I talk to the governor. So there's there's for Joe. He hasn't forgotten <laughs> that uh, Lord Arms is up there. I don't know. It just seems like a ridiculously long amount of time for some guy to be stuck in the dark on top of a building. <laughs> I'll check in on your father. i got to change his bucket. Yeah, it's like when you play Arkham Asylum and you find that nurse in that one, I think, in Arkham Manor. And then you're like, you hide somewhere and, uh, you know, I'll see you later. And then, like, you know, a million years later, I mean, I know it's all supposed to be the same night, but a million years later, you come back to that place and she's still there. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. <laughs> yeah. And I want to play that again. It, no, uh, I... it holds up. The graphics don't quite hold up, but the story's still, you know, mm. pretty good. Yeah. I'm I'm still playing that new Ninja Turtles game. The... Oh, dude, it's uh, it's great. I love Shredder's Revenge. It's it's probably uh, it's probably one of my favorite games that I've played in the last few weeks. I told the older kids that we'd do co-op tonight after we're done recording. So yeah, I wish I could come and and do that with you guys, but uh, it's not cross-play on Xbox to PlayStation, is it? No, PlayStation is the only one that doesn't want to cross-play with other platforms. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I would definitely sucks. do that with you guys if uh, if I could. I mean, I guess I could just come over with my controller. <laughs> it's true. But that just, I mean, that just seems like a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, like, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damn, Sony. First Morbius and now this. <laughs> yeah, they just can't trust Sony. I do like that we get a moment where Wax is like, Marisai, I, I haven't told you, but the uniform, I think it suits you. Like, you're you're doing a good job. And so this is meaningful to her. Finally, he's, like, accepting her. I love the, she blushed. She was Marisai, after all. Yep. <laughs> no one is surprised at this point. It's a, Wax goes to see the governor and just busts his way in, and the governor says you could have knocked, and Wax is like, and you could have ignored a knock, so I didn't do that. <laughs> and they exchange passwords. So Wax is like, okay, good. I know that this is uh, the real governor, which, no, not really. Just the same governor. It is, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's the I, same one. That didn't make it through. <laughs> I feel like the password system was flawed to begin with, because as we know about Contra from the first trilogy, it's like they they interrogate people a lot of times before they take their bodies. So it would have been very easy for her to get that information out of him if she had taken over his body like recently. 
Yep, but it was the best Wax could do on short notice. I don't know what better, like, you know, what else are you going to come up with? Secret handshake. <laughs> yeah, dance. Dance of some kind. It's like, Palm's great at imitating people, but she sucks at dancing. Wax. <laughs> yeah, walk. Kendra, b- by nature, have no rhythm, so. <laughs> that would be well, it's like this, actually. I imagine the second generation would be like John Lithgow in Footloose and would just forbid magic in the ho- uh, magic forbid music in the homeland. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no. And Tensor is just like, but I just want to dance. <laughs> he's like he's the like Kevin Bacon of the of the piece. I mean, Kevin Bacon probably could do the voice for Tensoon. Sure, I can see that. Sure. He, yeah, you know, he was in Hollow Man. He could do it. God, that uh, movie. Wow, yeah. that's a that's, that's a dick cut. that movie's irresponsible. That movie. <laughs> uh, Wax walks over to the windowsill as he's thinking. He taps his finger and then squish. He finds a wad of chewed gum stuck there, and that is when everything falls into place. Bleeder has set this whole thing up from the start. She deliberately alerted him by wearing Bloody Tan's face. Like she initiated this on purpose, which means in all likelihood. She already had all her pieces, all her ducks in a row. She was ready to go. She chose when to get Wax involved. And so he's like, what was the best place to hide? I know. Turns around, pulls his gun out, and there's Innate already holding his own gun. Damn it, Wax. Just a few more minutes more, and I'd have had this. You've all, you always see a little too far. And so, yeah, she, Bleeder, took the governor before any of this even started. And Drim knew all along. Drim was one of Bleeder's uh, acolytes, I guess. But sick of fans. Yeah, she was forced to kill him, and uh, because Wax shot her, and Wax is like, "Damn it! Oh, I get it. You were wearing the governor's clothes underneath the marksman outfit. I shot you and bloodied you, so you need an excuse why the governor was covered in blood. So you killed Drim. Oh my gosh! How did I not see any of this?" And so uh, Wax yells for help, confident that for some reason Bleeder's not going to kill him. But the help isn't uh, doesn't work out like he thought, because when the governor's bodyguards come in and see a guy with a gun on the governor, <laughs> they assume that's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I in that moment, I was like, that's and, and especially where he calls himself idiot. Like, that was a very me moment. <laughs> I, I saw myself in Wax. I'm like, <laughs> he's trying to think fast. So he makes this decision. And he's just like, idiot. Of course, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yep. And then later kills the guards. Which is, I feel like, unnecessarily harsh, but okay. I mean, they were on your side. Why couldn't you have given me a little longer, so close, now I have to kill you and claim you were the Chandra? Blame you for shooting the guard so I can still free the crowd. And then Melon, who's playing dead guard, comes up and tries to stick that needle in. But uh, Bleeder still has some speed going on. So she snatches the needle and shoves it in Melon and... That is that. Although we, her metal mind of uh, speed storage finally ap- appears to run out, so that's nice. She saved up a shit ton of that speed. I don't know how. Like she's been using that left and right. Yeah. Maybe that's why she like um the governor's always like I got to be alone to write my speech. Store, <laughs> yeah. store, store. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if Condra need to sleep. Maybe while the governor is quote unquote sleeping, she's just like storing tons of speed. Ah, uh, that that would be smart. And if Drim knows, then you know Drim could be in there with her while she's doing her thing. Yeah, yep. just guarding her. And I wonder if she killed the governor's wife because in that earlier section, it's like, oh yeah, the governor's wife wasn't feeling well, so she didn't come to the party. 
And then we never heard from her again. Never That's heard a from very her good point. She yep. may be dead. Has anyone checked on her? <laughs> Where is she? Uh, but she May- had pneumonia and she died. It was crazy. <laughs> so weird. Uh, but Maylon says, no, I'll be fine. I made them do this to me once to test it out. It'll just, it takes a few minutes to wear off. And uh, Wax opens the closet and finds Wayne tied up and gagged. And when he ungags him, his metal mines are gone, though. So that's unfortunate. Hopefully he can find those. Wax is the governor. Bugger's got the same A as Maylon. See, the thing is, though, like, he, yeah, his... He's out of metal mines, but he also made a point he's that he's out of Bendeloy. Wayne is yep. actually now like just a regular human. Yep, regular dude. Yep. And Wax is like, you're really lucky. She probably wanted to harvest your your abilities, or else she would have just killed you. And Wayne's Wayne says that he heard the the voice. He walked up to the window to check it out, and she just came out and grabbed him and knocked him upside the head, took his metal mines. And so Wax says that she ran off, and Wayne's like, and you're not chasing her? I'm fine. Stop untying me and look in my pocket. So he got he he has the uh, the package from Renette, a single bullet cartridge, and off he goes. And so he's going out into the night, gonna chase after her. The gunfire a moment ago was just to clear the crowd. Uh, he finds a door to a shed and opens it and finds some bones with the governor's clothes. So Bleeder had had another body stashed out here. And I like he's like okay, so how long would it take Bleeder to change? Melon says faster than her, but slower than Ten soon. Malon took minutes, Tensun took seconds, so there's really a big gap there that she could be anywhere. <laughs> and Bleeder says, I can still free you. I may have lost the city, but I didn't come here for them, not at first. I came for you. You are his hands, Waxillian Latrian. He may be deaf, blind, and mute, but still, with you, he can move his pawns. Look, I don't know if you've ever tried to play chess while deaf and blind, but I can <laughs> guarantee you, you're probably not going to win. No, that might be tough. And he says, I, maybe I serve Harmony, but I do it because I want to. And she says, do you know how long he cultivated you, led you by the nose? He sent you to be hardened by the rough so he could bring you back aged properly like leather being cured. And he discovers that she has now become a coin shot since her speed metal mine is no longer useful. And she flies off into the night and he goes after her and is like, it makes sense that she would pick that. But Steel, that's my deal. You merely adopted the steel. <laughs> I was born with it, molded by it. I didn't see iron until I was already a man. <laughs> and then we cut to Wayne and Marisai finding the governor's bones. And I love Wayne. It's like, I can't decide if the governor already being dead means we did a really bad job or a really good job. Because we weren't the ones in charge of keeping him alive when he died. So <laughs> it's like, maybe I'll just count this as a win for us. You've got to look on the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> It's only a bright side for Wayne. No one else. Right. No one else. He's like, Wax can't be mad at me this time. It wasn't my fault. The governor is dead, Marisai whispers. And Wayne says, yeah, having your skeleton removed tends to do that to a guy. <laughs> what does it mean, Marisai says. And he says, well, he won't be making it to his tap dancing lessons. This Wayne, yeah, shut up. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> did create some great imagery in the mind, though, the tap dancing skeleton. <laughs> true <laughs> do you love those tap dancing skeletons maybe he just rattles his bones like for some extra taps <laughs> and so as we kind of discussed last time the plan was and when you guys had your theory that the governor was at least working with the bleeder the plan was to get up in front of this audience and piss them off and so uh marisai melon's like can we maybe disperse them and marisai says no we can do better 
how long to, for you to imitate him? And she, Malon says, well, I mean, I didn't digest his corpse. And don't wince like that. It's not my fault you people happen to be edible. <laughs> if it helps, you taste terrible. And Wayne is having a hard time keeping his mouth shut at that point, but he manages it. <laughs> and Marisai's like, look, you don't have to fool like his mom. It's just a crowd of angry citizens in the dark, so just do your best. And Wayne is having a hard time holding himself quiet, and finally Marisai notices, and like, what's wrong? I didn't mean to stat- snap at you, Wayne. And he goes, no, I don't mind. Then what? Well, I just always assumed, you know, that humans tasted wonderful. <laughs> nope. You're really wounding my self-esteem. Maybe I'm different. Want to gnaw my arm a bit? <laughs> I can heal. It's fine. <laughs> well, not at the moment. And Marisai sighs loudly and just says, Malon, work on the bones. I need to rewrite your speech. And that is the end of the section. Oh, my goodness. That was great. I just, that, that may be my favorite Wayne moment of the book where he's like, I just assumed that we tasted awesome. <laughs> no, okay. I'm kind of with Marisai on this one. It's like... Wayne, for fuck's sake, now is not the time. Is it ever the time for anything Wayne wants to say? <laughs> Let's... If anything, this is this is very much less the time than the other times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into predicaments. We have three chapters and an epilogue left, and honestly, mm. they're mostly pretty short. This is going to be the smallest section of the that we've read of this book, this next section. Oh, wow. So we're so... going to get through it. What do you think? How? how what, what's going to happen? How are we going to wrap this stuff up? So Renette's bullet, I feel like, is full of melty stuff mm. to, uh, yeah, like make make bleed to go all wibbly and and start shedding or whatever, have, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. uh, long enough for wax to grab a spike. I, I'm having a really awkward mental image of like like. He hits her with the bullet, she starts melting, and then he reaches in and grabs the spike and is about to pull it out, and that's when she starts panicking and tells him why she was after him the whole time. Which, i got to be honest, I still have no idea why she's targeting him so much. Mm. Okay. Um, I've, I've really got nothing in that regard. Like, I still want to say Mr. Suit has, has, put, has put her onto it somehow, because I think he could have easily just lied to Wax when they were in the carriage together. If another reason, like, I was going back for other things, I'm like, what have I forgotten from the start of the book? And like, oh, yeah, the thing with the coin from his childhood. I, f- I feel like Mr. Suit had to have put her up to that. So Right, yeah, because we talked about it at the time. Like, who else knows about this coin? Yeah, I, th- I think that's how it's going to go. But, I, yeah, I feel like the maybe the epilogue will have him going back to the village and talking to his grandmother for some reason. You know, trying to convince her, right, yeah, ferrochemical powers did this, and she's like, nah, not buying it. I don't know. Yeah, there's so, yeah, so much stuff from earlier in the book, and I'm just like, well, how's it going to tie into the ending if it even does? You know, you, we had that whole thing of the the inventor's daughter who kept showing up earlier yep. as well. I'm like, is she connected to all this? I don't see how. And I feel like if like if she was the secret bad guy, then we probably would have seen more of her throughout most of the book. But I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I do feel like Tensor is going to show up in the epilogue, and like maybe like he 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 comes to pick Melan up, and it's like, all right, get in, we're going. Melan's <laughs> like, I want to I want to stay with my new friends. And Tensor's <laughs> like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't we don't hang out with them. We work with no. them. We don't hang out with them. Yeah, you don't want to get too close to these humies, <laughs> and you'll end up old and bitter like me. <laughs> and then Melan rides Tensor in dog form into the sunset. <laughs> sure, as you do. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. That there, it feels like there's a bunch of threads still hanging, and you're like almost almost to the point where you're like, how could these possibly all get tied up? But then again, that is how we end up feeling as we approach the end in most of these books. Like there's there's no way that the final empire could wrap up and then beat the Lord Ruler in the time that we have left. Like uh, it'll ha- something else has to happen. Which but is, no, it's fair, but like. Yeah, I feel like there were just so many disparate things that were set up at the start and just haven't been touched on for fucking ages. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up the village a couple of times. I think the last mention we had of the village was uh, when that uh, the Pathian priest is being attacked and she's a terrorist person and Wax tells her, go to the village so you'll be yeah. safe. Mm. Um. So what do I think? So uh, I, I do... Oh, we know okay. we know that Chandra are capable of those types of emotions, or, or at least emotions where they care about another person. Especially when Tenzin talks about Vin, it obviously he talks about her as if he like adored her, which mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, from what we read in the first trilogy, like that that's probably true. So I feel like that's why she's targeting him. That's also why she doesn't want to kill him, is because. My theory is correct. She is Lessie. She doesn't want to hurt him, but she has this mission that she's on. All the pieces of that I'm not super clear on. Like, I don't know why she wants to do what she's doing. I mean, from what we know in this book, it sounds like it sounds like she was doing Harmony's bidding at one point. So maybe Harmony sent her out there to, to like, look after Wax, and then things just kind of went wrong uh, hmm. in, in, the, in the sense that, you know, she fell in love with him and stuff. But uh, but I don't know. That's that's what I think is the, kind of the reason behind it. So my guess is if he's able to stop her, that some that that stuff's probably going to come to light. Would be my guess. Okay. So as for as for the the bullet that he got, I went when I read this part, and he, there seemed to put there seemed to be putting a lot of faith in this thing that Wax had Renette made, which. If he specifically asked her to make something, he obviously had a plan for it. So I went back after reading this section and read the part where Renette delivers it. Mm-hmm. And she talks about it, how it's half powder, half metal, and it's made not to shatter on contact. Mm-hmm. So I think it's another hemallergic spike. Because oh. we know that she can be controlled with two spikes, yep. but not one spike. So if she's got one spike in her oh. and he shoots her with another spike and it's inside of her then Harmony could immediately take control over if he wanted to. That's cool. That is clever. Oh, yeah. I think I think that must be what it is, If it's, especially, like, the fact that it... Because even when it's in Wayne's hand, he says, like, it's it, it says, like, it's a piece of metal. It doesn't mm-hmm. even say... He doesn't even say bullet. He's, like, piece of metal. And then the fact that she says it's made not to shatter, like, that just... To me, that, that tells me it's like, okay, well, then it's designed to stay in the body as a whole, like, thing if you shoot somebody with it. Okay. So that would be my guess is that it's another spike. And the way he stops her is by uh, allowing harmony to take control of her again. And then as for what's going to happen with the speech, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like with how riled up the crowd is, even if she has a perfect speech, like, are they going to believe it? Like, are they going to like, even if he, she says all the nice things as an eight, like, Oh yeah, you know, this is, I'm I'm gonna make things better. Like that does that will that even matter to them? So yeah. I'm not I'm not sure how that that would play out at all. But maybe maybe Marisai will surprise me and have the perfect words to do that. So, but yeah, I feel uh, similar to Dak though. There's a lot of little tidbits that I feel like 
I don't I don't know how they can be wrapped up, but I will say this trilogy has already proven that it doesn't wrap up everything. In the last book, it definitely did not. True, true. Still, even at the end of this book, we still have no clues as to where these other women are or what happened. Yep. With them. That's true. So yeah. it's very possible we're just not going to get answers to that stuff yet. Maybe that's why there's four books and not three books. I don't know. Mm. But um, but yeah. So I that's that's kind of where my head's at at the end of the book here. I, I've I've reread this book a lot more than the ones we've read in the past, so I feel like I've got pretty good theories. I'm I'm actually feeling pretty confident. So if if it doesn't turn out the way I think it's going to turn out, then I'm gonna be pretty shocked. But yeah, I've been trying to like reread and pick up stuff because this is like, like I said, I feel like these books by design have been more kind of mysteries, like try to figure stuff out. So I've been yeah. really trying to like pace myself reread it i bought the audiobook like i mentioned last time so i've actually like listened re-listened to a lot of the stuff as well and i'm trying to just pick up on stuff so i feel like i feel like i've got a good chance of being right at this stuff this go round i i, I want to be i want to go two for two on conjure guesses for sure so i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited to find i'm excited to find out if i'm right but um yeah that's uh that's pretty much what i got see i found the lessie theory interesting from the beginning when you first proposed it, because just like the emotional ramifications alone of that would be yeah. really interesting to see. And I feel mm-hmm. like actually this last chapter had a little even support for that because Wax says, well, Bleeder must have wanted to steal your metal powers and that's why she didn't kill you. But if it really was Lessie, then Lessie's also friends with Wayne, right? So that's maybe, true. Yeah, she's friends with Maybe Wayne. she wouldn't want to kill Wayne. So I think that kind of supports that. I am interested and do you have any thoughts? Because what we find out in this section also is that Harmony says that she first turned against him when he made her do something she really didn't want to do. So if your theory was correct, do you have yeah. any thoughts on what that would be? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I will say going – the reason I feel like this theory is supported even more is because we start the book with the story of Lessie and Wax, meet, or Wayne, uh, Wax meeting. It's like that's why – like we haven't really been brought back to that for any reason. It's like, why is that story there? Eh, it feels like it's important, right? So if if Harmony was in control of her at that time, and let's say he's like, oh, go go take care of this guy. Uh, if she did fall in love with him, which is what I'm theorizing, which is why she didn't want to hurt him and all that other stuff. If she really did fall in love with him, my guess is it was it was not just random and i think i might have mentioned this before when i originally theorized that it might be lessie it wasn't just random that she got shot because we both at this point if she is a chondra we didn't we know that she's not dead like that doesn't kill her as as we know if 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 she is the chondra she's still here so obviously that didn't kill her so that means that wax killed her quote unquote killed her but that had to be a show because what would be Mm. the purpose of it otherwise like the Contra has to make Wax think that she's dead for some reason. So okay. my guess is Harmony probably told her that he needed that she needed to do that, and she didn't want to do it because she was in love with him. That would be uh, my guess. Okay, I see what you're saying. That that yeah, that makes sense. Because like what well, I mean, you know what, and and maybe there was other things she didn't want to do. The surprising thing I will say is that I'm confused about like because we know Contra aren't supposed to kill people, and it sounds like Leslie killed some people. So oh, yeah. I'd be she killed people that, just in that section. Like we saw her kill yes. a guy to save Wax. Yes, exactly. So I'd be surprised to if she is the Condor. I'd be surprised to know like what, how she got around that. If if Harmony was for some reason cool with him, her killing people because she was protecting him, or 
If apparently Melon does it a bunch too, so maybe. yeah, it does sound like she kills people. Although Tensun, maybe it's because he's old school, but he like he didn't even kill a real human. He killed like a weird human hybrid thing, and he's like, oh man, I hope Tensun's okay with, or I hope Harmony's okay with this. Like it's it's interesting to me the different like perspectives on what is okay and what's not okay for them to do. You know, I this just occurred to me. I don't I don't, I don't even know if you remember it. But when we did the first episode on this book and we did the, you know, the prologue and uh, Wax and Lessie meet up, you complained about that meeting because you said it didn't feel natural, that it felt like artificial or forced or something for the two of them to meet in the way that they did. And so now you're like, maybe if she was this conjurer, maybe the meeting was arranged and now then it would feel forced like it would be supposed to feel forced. Yeah. That's true. I'd forgotten I said that, but if you remember me saying that, then I probably said it, and that would make sense. So that's kind of interesting. All the way back to the first episode, uh, there's like uh, things in your in your that that would kind of agree with that. So yeah, that's 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 uh, I, I like how how this theory has permeated the book for you. Kind of, well, and mm-hmm. that's that's what happened with uh, with the, the, the Tensor theory in the second book. It really like became a, your whole thing for most of that book. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I feel like it takes up it takes up even more of the book in this one. But I felt like the Tensun mystery was such a big part of the book in that one as well. Now, I mean, there was a lot more focus on what what are we going to do to keep this country afloat. But but yeah, no, I'm excited. I think I think I got a good chance of being right because I feel like there's enough evidence here that kind of goes that way. Well, I guess we will find out soon. I gotta say, I haven't really been on board with your theory until everything you just described then, and like <laughs> all the extra pieces. I'm just like, all right, yep, cool, I see it. <laughs> um, okay, to go after that, gosh, I yeah, also had the question of what what did Bleeder have to do that she didn't want to do? That definitely would make sense. I can't think of anything else really that they would have had to have done that pissed her off that much to need to bring harmony down i don't know if it would still work necessarily but what if and i think we threw it out there before what if bloody tan was the candor like what if bloody tan was bleeder not lessie and maybe had to kill lessie like i thought that was sort of an interesting parallel to like having to kill drim like the whole who got shot Mm. situation i don't know i don't know if there's actually as much cred to that as, as what i'm thinking but just throwing out another another yeah. theory what if we knew that Drim was one of leaders to followers and was kind of on board i don't know maybe Drim was involved in that too but wouldn't be dead if it was a candra so probably less credibility to that <laughs> as well in terms of what's going to happen next i mean again i think we still get the uh, the mr suit mystery thing I feel like that's going to pick up in the next book or possibly the one after. We just haven't really got enough from Mr. Suit. And I feel like he was really just writing, from what he was saying, he was writing the way things were sort of working out for him without having to actually do much in this book. So I don't know that it's going to come back to him being involved in any way this time. Uh, Marisai is going to write the speech. It's going to have to sound enough like the governor to not, sort of piss everyone off because people aren't really responsive to the candra at the moment obviously after one was like melted in front of everybody so it's, it's going to have to sound enough like the governor and then i don't know maybe 
face his own death or something. <laughs> I don't know if it's to get him out of the way. But I assume given we're this close, they're going to find a way to defuse the situation. Wax is going to take down Bleeder. I really like the idea of it being another spike, the bullet. I think that's very cool. I did think it was going to be the syringe for the Kandra Melty solution, but I really like the idea of it being another spike because the, the Melty solution isn't going to kill Bleeder by the sounds of it. And I'm right. sure if if they if she's had access to it, you know, Melan was effectively inoculated. They tried it. She knows it doesn't kill her. I'm sure Bleeder has done the same thing. But to put another spike in, and maybe maybe if we were to see a conversation then between Harmony and Bleeder, that would be kind of interesting. Maybe address and answer our questions. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like it, there is so much in the air. It it feels like such a big big story and so many different storylines and then remembering that really not a lot of time has passed again you know it feels like it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of story but it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's all kind of a bit jumbled and all over the place but i'm sure we'll find out soon enough see i like your bloody tan theory i think it's almost it's it's got almost as much like emotional potential as as joe's theory because you know it still involves this very emotional moment in his life and it even we know that Palm was like a very old school Conjure, right? And that very dedicated to the contract. Mm. So if Harmony was like, hey, I need you to kill this person or even Bloody Tan killed a bunch of people. So maybe even multiple people. That could be the thing that he made her do that set her off. Like you could become disillusioned with Harmony real quick if you thought that he was like this preserving thing and he'd never asked me to kill somebody. And then he's like, okay, I need you to kill or make this guy kill the love of his life. That could explain why she's like against harmony yeah. and, and why she, it's so personal to wax for her because she's trying to make up for what she did to him. Yeah, possibly. I guess though, what she's doing now is really trying to make it up. Yeah. She's still, she's still killing a lot of people. Yep. Maybe once you get a taste yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> you get a taste for it. Like, but I mean, do you go a bit insane by pulling out one of your spikes too, or is it just that you're escaping control? Yeah, no, I think that's what they said. Is taking out one of the spikes makes you crazy. I mean, that's yeah, what they say. Case, you're not really thinking about you're not really thinking about killing people and how that violates your Kendra contract. Mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Kendra just say that because they don't have another word for it. But like, as Wax has said, she seems to have been pretty calculating through this. So. I don't know that that necessarily speaks to insanity specifically. No, that's true. Yeah, she seems pretty in control, really. Yeah, but she wants to, like, take down God, which, as they point out, that's kind of insane. No, so it's he's not. Like, it's happened twice already this series. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so that first you know, book was all about that. <laughs> You're I think, not wrong. I think the point that these tri- – that, that I feel like one of the main points that these books have made – the first trilogy and these it's like yeah these people that we're calling gods they're actually like kind of regular people that like got these destinies thrust upon them or thrust upon themselves and Mm. they're not like perfect beings they don't really understand like the perfect thing to do at all times they're not these benevolent like beings that know all and can help all and whatever right yeah, that's that, that that definitely does seem to be a recurring uh, thing. You mm. eat, not eat, not even just in Mistborn, but you get to like the Elantris books where they they worship the Elantrians and then the Elantrians fell and it was very disillusioning for 
yeah. everyone to the point that they killed them all. Yeah, and also the Elantrians yeah. were like, yeah, we're just regular people that yeah. uh, got got Elantris powers. Yeah. Although it is like in- interesting, it's like um, the idea you raised where it's like, oh, maybe Palm is angry at Says for ma- for forcing her to kill someone. I'm just like. That is one thing. It's like I don't want to give Rashek any credit because Rashek sucks, but he did at least like tell the Candors like, no, you are forbidden from killing people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if if Harmony is going, you know what, I need to I need to force Wax's hand to be involved in something. Maybe it's something that hasn't even happened yet, but I I need Wax to do X Y Z, and that can only happen if Wes is gone. And then you know, Bleeder for, being forced to kill. Let's see, or yeah. sever that relationship, or do something to to make that happen. That would that would definitely rub it the wrong way, I guess. Yeah, she's yelling at says It's like you're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, let's let's do emails. We got a few emails, but I'm gonna save some of them for next time. Uh, for everyone at home, we are recording these kind of one day after the other, back to back. This one and the next one. So I'm going to say some of these for the, the next one. But uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get a little ahead of the game because uh, Dak got a part in a play and he's going to need to practice for that on some weekends. So yeah, get ahead just, of the game. We, we, yeah, we're getting getting extra, extra episode in his insurance. Yep. Yeah, still have everybody likes insurance. insurance. Uh, okay. So the first email is from Diaria. And it says, hi, crew. Love you guys' take on Shadows of Self. I'm constantly sat here cackling at what you predict successfully and what you don't know about yet. I also think this is when you really see Brandon start digging into way more morally gray and questionable character traits. And it's one of the reasons I prefer this to the original series. I had a few things to point out when listening a couple of weeks ago, but didn't email until now, so some of it may be old ground. One, there's a thing going around on Tumblr about how you can fix your posture by pretending you're shooting lasers out of your chest into people's faces. And now I'm imagining modern Conjurer with eyes that can see UV having permanent nipple lasers. Wouldn't have made this thought up without Dak mentioning Austin Powers. So thanks, I guess. (laughs) Sweet. Fembots. Nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, Glad I could help. Yeah. Right. Two, this is a word of Brandon shortened a bit. I found it about Wayne and it's pretty relevant. So Brandon says the other big inspiration was Wayne for Wayne was something I noticed about human nature. When I wanted to tell a story about a character who had some really deep uh, Wayne should bother you like the way he treats Daris and the way he treats some of the people in his life should really bother you. And one of my goals with Wayne was to tell a story that mimics what I see in real life where there are people I know and I love who also have this way about them. One of the things that fascinates me about adult fantasy versus young adult fantasy is how readers are not going to have blind role models, quote unquote, to the same extent. And authors have the leeway to make their heroes do more questionable things, and explore more flaws than just, quote unquote, too loyal or, quote unquote, won't sacrifice friend to save the world. I'm not sure if that it's a little unclear whether that was all the a Brandon quote or whether it was just the first half from this email. But yeah, either way. Yeah. So I, I do like that that Brandon says that it. it's like Wayne should bother you <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, and that's fair. And like I get, you know, you want to make characters that are a bit more complex morally than like you know you stand in here because like people are saying, oh yeah, we want complexity in stories, and then they get some, and it's like eh, I don't quite like that because it's not. Yeah, so it's like I guess you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad. Yeah, right. 
in fiction. Yeah, I think they want, and I think I think this is something that we've seen as a trend. People want complexity in characters, but they prefer to see it in the villain than they would to see it in their hero. Their hero, they want to be, so a lot of times they want to be kind of like a whitewash hero, but they want the villain to be like interesting. And maybe there's some like some saving things, like saving graces about the villain that maybe they're not all bad. Like people like that kind of stuff. They want to, they want to, sometimes they want to be able to root for the villain and the hero. And I'm like, eh, I mean, that's all right. But I think Brandon has a tendency to just make it more realistic on both ends of the spectrum. Like the villain's not all bad. The hero's not all good. Yeah. Um, so I think that may be why a lot of people are drawn to that. Cause it's kind of refreshing to get complexity in a, in a hero rather than just in a villain. Yeah. I feel like, it, I feel like, uh, you know, interesting villains has been a thing that's been around in, in literature for years and years and it's become right. popular again. Yeah, I th- I think to like to to sort of add to that is like what you're saying is absolutely uh, correct. It's like it's a lot easier for people to say maybe the villain's not all bad than it is to say the hero's not all good, and so they want more of an ideal hero. But the thing is like if you say well we want the ideal hero, then you wind up with someone like Superman, where people say like he is like a perfect wonderful hero, and people say like well that's boring. Though. I don't want to read that. Yep. Which I I disagree with yeah. that assessment. I think I think Superman is great, but like yeah, like they when you go for the complexity um, and you make a hero a bit more ambiguous, it's, it's sort of harder to root for them. But then, like by the flip side, if you make them too perfect, then people just don't care because um, they're not. Yeah. Like, people don't find that fun to read, which is I think like it's it's a very hard position to fall in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With your thing about Superman, I would say the most interesting take on Superman I I have seen. Because I'm not a big Superman fan, but I really like the Justice League cartoon that came out in like the mid late 2000s. Because Superman, you know, he was Superman, but a lot of stories that were more Superman central in that Justice League cartoon basically focused on how like he was kind of an arrogant guy. He thinks he can do everything, and like a lot of times Batman outsmarts him or kind of shows him like, hey, yeah, that was not the right thing to do. And like, there's a lot of pushback between them throughout that whole series i feel like where they're just like he's like well you don't know everything bruce and he's like well i mean you're you can't do everything superman yeah that's fair i haven't seen that cartoon everyone says it's great but i just yeah i never watched it for some reason to to go back to the email there was something i wanted to add like there was like they said this is this book is the first time where brands really delved into that and i think well is it though because i even like halfway through the first book we had kelsey doing some pretty horrendous stuff. Like as I yep. recall, Joe, you you even said you were prepared to just stop reading the book because of how nasty it got. Yeah, it was pretty rough when he like basically forced that dude to fight that other dude. I was just yeah. like, geez, that's that's not cool. Yeah. Not very heroic. Mm. No, it really wasn't. Yeah, no, that's true. I, and I, I do like we're talking about like villains with some more complexity to them and i'm like well ruin was pretty much just a dick so yeah and then you look at when we did our wrap-up yeah. of the trilogy none of us said he was our favorite villain it's true Ruin was yeah. kind of meh lord ruler i think was probably the best villain yeah i mean granted the Poor other Carl. side of the coin was like uh straff got <laughs> straff got a lot of love because he was just, he was also not really a complex villain but he was cartoonishly evil, he was, so yeah, it was, oh, cartoonish. yeah. Evil. so evil yeah <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't meet a more evil guy. Like every 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 thought that you got from him, or every uh, like every 
woman that he wronged. Like it was just so obviously he was just so obviously evil. You're just like, wow, that guy sucks. Yep. Yeah. No redeeming qualities whatsoever. No, really not. Okay, sorry. Number three. I mean, he's Ellen's dad. Maybe that's redeeming. No, I don't think so because <laughs> he's horrible to Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. He's also uh, Zane's dad, so you got to take that into account. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. He was the dad of a Happy lot of people. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah was, there was like an he was the, army of Hawthorns. Yeah, he was the dad of the the random thug who got his head blown open. Yeah. Okay. I gotta say, I think that's probably one of like the highlights of that book for us because we keep coming back to the. Remember when Vin headbutted that dude? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I headbutted yeah. him so hard, made the highlights fall out of her hair. <laughs> uh. Okay, number three in the email is I too spent the entire book picturing Lord Harms perched atop a spire, Batman style. Friendly reminder, he's still there. Yeah, we, we got we got that here. He's just he's just sitting up there monologuing. He's like, "This city is my city. I will <laughs> save it. I will." And then Wax shows up. He's like, "Are you talking to someone?" Ah! <laughs> Who are you talking to? No one. Number four is I think the whole Kelsier taking up the mists was the first instance of why secret history may have changed your reading of this story. But it's only one of a few things that would feel different. And there's been so much more good theorizing because you read it first. It's hard to complain. Mm, Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, Sort of a long email. Sorry. But yeah, had a lot of thoughts bubbling around in my head. Y'all are amazing. And we listeners really appreciate you being so consistent with episodes, even when you're tired as hell. P.S. Thanks for the bronze fairing status, Joe. It's a medal I can actually get my hands on and try to make some bracers. Nice. Wow, that that would be cool. Yeah, All right. Cool. Uh, okay, the other one that I will read for today is from Jade. Jade Chaos. I reached out before I joined the Discord to put y'all on blast for not mentioning Miracle of Sound early on and have since joined the Patreon as a shard. This email is a long time coming because of a lot of reasons, but y'all have called out asking for people who listened from the get-go, and I wanted to drop my hat into that ring. I think I didn't listen from the very first drop, but I was subscribed before the second episode hit. I also was mostly Cosmere aware when the show started, but tried to read Elantris alongside y'all. I didn't make it very long because I was moving across several states and needed something to keep my brain activated. Also, I have reviewed on Spotify. Not sure how to find it or share it. I don't use Apple products, sorry. But to bring it to a point... To drive the discussion, do the rest of the crew know about Adium being an alloy of some sort? Do we think Adium could still have the alimantic power of volcanoes? <laughs> One more thing, I think Joe is too hard on Spook. His slang is valid Skadrian dialect, damn it. Now shut up and take my money. P.S. Hmm. I'm sorry for turning the Discord horny. Oh no. What? <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to know about that last part. I'm not too I, hard on Spook. If anything, I'm not hard enough. That's what she said. <laughs> That's why she's sad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, and J- Jamie in at the ending with the best singer of the episode. Yep. Yeah, good one. No, it was great. I loved it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like uh, I think we talked about this, right? That we we talked about Addie being an alloy, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we briefly touched on it when Brandon announced it. it not that long ago because it was like, oh, by the way, Adium wasn't really Adium. It was kind of an alloy of this other thing, so we still don't know what real Adium does. And so it was just like, okay, that doesn't really change anything about what we know or have read, so it, it didn't really seem like that big a deal. Uh, well, hang on. Didn't someone – didn't Kelsey mention like someone at the pits tried to just take the geode themselves and burn it? 
Did that happen? Or do you know why I might? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't recall this. Remember that? Oh, maybe I dreamed it. Like the adium that you would ingest wasn't real adium, but the adium were real adium. Yeah, so pure. Um, let me see. Let me go back and look to make sure that I. Although it is interesting to me that. It is interesting to me that something that grew like as a geode wasn't a pure metal. Like it's kind of strange that it grew as an alloy. Yeah. Well, that so, was my point. I was like, I thought if someone like consumed a geode yeah. or something, that would be the pure metal, would it not? Hmm. I don't know how that works. The geode is a stone, so I don't know if it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. Does it need to be refined? Uh, or? It's weird. It's a god metal. You know, it's a weird right. thing because it's his body, but it grows. Like it doesn't. Doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. So, do, we, okay. do we have any geologists and or blacksmiths who could shed light on the stone yeah. growing process? Can, can you can you help us understand this fictional investiture process with a physical rock? So <laughs> what what Brandon says is you just continue to call it adium, but what we what they think of in world as adium is very slightly tainted with electrum, and uh, so hmm. what, Wait, what so maybe electrum electrum an alloy? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't even remember. Hold on. That was a gold alloy. So. That's why it was the opposite of gold. Yep, Al- Electrum is an alloy of gold and silver. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, alloys are naturally occurring sometimes, right? So, like, yeah. if the if if in the pits of Hathson, if the rock there is rich in gold and silver already, and then it grew through that, I guess it could combine all three, right? Yes. Plus, it's a god metal, so I feel like it doesn't follow the same rules as regular metals. You could take an alloy and mix it with a god metal and make a new alloy of some kind. And I like the person responds to that by coming back and being like, okay, so when Kelsier makes the 11th metal, Meladium, did, did he do that by taking that adium and separating out the the gold and silver from what what is actually this alloy and then alloying the adium with gold? I, th- I think I think... It's gold to make the eleventh metal, and yeah. if so, if so, do adium and gold have similar melting points? And Brandon's like, I'm gonna raffo that. I'm not gonna uh, canonize any of that right now. <laughs> it's like you threw too many things at me. I'm not uh, not interested in answering that question. I'm so I confused. I thought I understood how all this works, and now all of a sudden that's just been shattered. Yeah, I know. It's it's just it's always yeah. Even we didn't know as much as we thought we knew about Alamancy. There's always another secret. Exactly. That just raises further questions. So yeah, I, I, I mean, we talked about it, like I said very briefly when he this first came out, like a few months ago or whenever it was. But I'm just like, for our purposes, I don't know that it makes any difference. Maybe going into the future at some point it will, but it doesn't really change anything about what we read. So God, I don't think that- it's as big a deal. It's like that voodoo shark all over again. Voodoo shark. Oh, you haven't heard that one? So, you know the terrible, terrible fourth Jaws movie with Michael Caine? Yeah. 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 So mm. the, the whole premise of that movie was like the shark, like it was another shark, but it was trying to get revenge on the family that killed the shark from the first movie. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and they kind of just left it that in the movie. It's like the shark is following you. It wants revenge. And like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so, they, so like the novelization of the, of the movie decided, well, we're going to, uh, try and come up with a reason for why the shark wants revenge. And it turns out the shark was just an instrument. There's actually a voodoo priest somewhere who wants revenge on the family as well. And it like possessed the shark to hunt them down and do it. And we were just like, 
Why does the Voodoo Priest want revenge? What? <laughs> <laughs> this Word. just raises further questions. Yeah, no. Yeah. Voodoo Priest wants revenge. That's okay. uh, that's a new band name. I call it Voodoo Priest wants revenge. I like it. Uh, okay, so yes, if you want to send us emails, sanderlanch at gmail.com. It may be a while before you hear yours because, like I said, we're going to be a little bit ahead. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Patreon and Facebook and all sorts of places. Music by Miracle of Sound. For the next episode, we are finishing the book, the last three chapters in the epilogue. And after that, we are continuing on to Bands of Mourning. So that is where we are going here. Am I forgetting anything? Did I leave anything out? I think I touched everything. Touched yeah, it. you're good. Okay. Touchy, touchy, touch. Oh, no touchy. Wait. Sorry, that email, they said I reviewed on Spotify. I was like, you've, we've definitely read at least one review off Spotify. Yeah, somebody sent us a picture of their review on Spotify, and so, and I think Joe did give them a thing. But I'm trying to, I don't know. I feel like we have to draw a line somewhere. So it's like, if you send a picture of your five-star review on Spotify, then we'll do the thing. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know if just being like, hey, I did review. I'm like, eh. We gotta, we gotta be able to read the review. So yeah, if you made yeah. a review on Spotify, please send it. We will read it. But I think I think on Spotify it's just stars. Like you just put we, in the. Uh, we got I mean, you can write something. You may, you know, and maybe not on Spotify. Just make a comment. Take a picture <laughs> of the five stars. Make a comment. Send it to us, and we'll read it. So thanks everybody for listening. Remember, finishing out this book for next time, and then moving on to Bands of Morning. Wasing to the time of next. Colo. Cool